There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Fuel Better podcast. I am your host as always, Evan Lynch. In this week's episode, we're going to look at Can you really eat that bar of chocolate if you're an athlete? Stay tuned. This is an interesting episode. It's a pretty contentious uh, point of debate amongst many sporting people. I think you're going to find this one interesting. Hello, guys, and welcome to episode three of the Fuel Better podcast. You're welcome back. If you have been listening from the start, thank you very much. Thank you for being an OG for this podcast journey of mine. If this is your first time listening, please listen to episodes one and two. They provide a little bit of context as to who I am, why I'm here, and uh, I suppose the flavor of how this podcast generally goes. A little bit of housekeeping before I get into today's episode. I am running a webinar, a couple of webinars actually, so you can find the links for those in my bio. Number one, on the 26th of May, I am running a webinar on nutritional management of an injured athlete. Approximately 1 in 12 athletes have injuries at any given time, particularly in higher level sports, and nutrition can actually have a big role to play. So you might be interested in that and looking at how you can minimize the role injuries have in decreasing your performance. Second bit of housekeeping there, I haven't announced it yet on my social medias, but I'm taking on 10 new clients in June. Those spots tend to fill up pretty quick. So if you think you might be interested, get in touch, book your spot, let me know what you're looking to do and we can have a chat and get you on board the FitNot team. Okay, that's enough plugging for today. Um, let's get on with the show. So you'll see that the title of this podcast is Can I Have That Bar of Chocolate? And I hope it got your attention. I hope it got you wondering and uh, even maybe debating in your own head as to where am I going with this? What am I talking about? Why is Evan rhetorically asking a question to the listeners if they can or cannot have a bar of chocolate? So I suppose this is something I see all the time and it's a point I try and clear up with my own clients, you know. Why is there this widely held belief in athletic communities, in I suppose the world of fitness, PTing, anything, anything where fitness, aesthetics, body weight, body image are all concerned, everyone seems to have adopted this food rule that no, 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 you cannot have chocolate that is absolutely, um, you know, against the law, can't be done, not part of the process, almost excommunication uh, type of activity right there for some. It's a question I get asked on a daily basis by my clients, um, mostly new clients where we haven't had a chance to go through in depth just yet the intricate nuances of diet, 
the timings, things that don't matter, and context. So I suppose before we get into it, to point out, nutrition is heavily, heavily context-based. So there's no way that you can just say a blanket statement like, uh-uh, no chocolate, ever. That's too general, it's too generic. It's not true all of the time and it doesn't apply all of the time. In the same way that it's not true that every meal should be high fiber. That can cause tummy issues for some athletes prior to a workout or, you know, the glycemic index doesn't always necessarily matter and there's a time and a place to eat your vegetables and things like that. And on the other side of that token, there's a time and a place to eat chocolate. It absolutely fits into the paradigm of an athlete's diet. It's probably not advisable to eat it during training. I probably wouldn't be having it right before training. It's probably not the optimal post-workout recovery snack, but that doesn't mean it's off the table. Just because it doesn't have all the antioxidants or super bioactive compounds or because there's a little bit of fat in it, it doesn't mean you cannot have it. That is a rule that athletes have invented that's been, I suppose, pushed by the raw motivation mantra that seems to exist on YouTube and championed by people who like to punish themselves <laughs> you know uh, i jokingly say that a lot of athletes are masochistic in nature that they they like to restrict themselves they like to uh you know um negate experiences from from their lives they you know deny themselves things all in the pursuit of i don't know higher meaning or pushing themselves or testing their limits that's all well and good keep it to yourself you know that's that's the point i'm trying to make here um, so this, this episode is going to paint the picture as to why, if you are an athlete, you can have chocolate and maybe you should. So, uh, let's, let's get into it. So I suppose a good place to start is maybe playing devil's advocate with the idea of when you say clean eating, what exactly do you mean by that? And, you know, what, what do you think the mechanism at play here is? Why do you think this is beneficial? And I guess it all kind of boils back down to the fact that the fitness industry is mostly focused on weight loss. And there's this serious, serious deficit in people paying attention to performance, mental and metabolic health, all at the expense of looking class. Something I firmly disagree with. So when you're looking at trying to help someone control their calories, it makes sense to push the idea of whole foods. Just as an example off the top of my head, if you eat walnuts, you only absorb about half of them, so you poo half of them out, okay? So if you've got someone to eat walnuts, they're filling, they're difficult to eat, they're pretty dry, they'll give you a good degree of satiety, you're only getting really half the nutrition from it. So it's kind of like, a, I don't know, some people think it's like this hidden mystery. Um, but typically speaking, if you get someone to adhere to a whole food diet, they're just going to poo out quite a lot of what they're eating. So... Here is one, one myth busted. You are not what you eat. You are what you absorb. And in some cases, that can actually be much less than you think. So that's, that's one element of the clean eating paradigm. Number two, it's well known, well established, not debated by anyone, I suppose. Educated or professionally working in the industry that you should eat more fruit and vegetables. Fruits and vegetables tend to be high volume low calorie foods they're quite filling they give you a lot of nourishment a lot of nutrition a lot of micronutrients 
statistically speaking, the higher your diet is in fiber, the more vegetables and fruit you consume, the more likely you are to be of a healthy weight, a healthy BMI, and to have a more successful weight loss attempt. Why? Because a lot of what you're eating is lower calories, higher volume foods. It's one of the reasons plant-based and vegan diets work very, very well for weight loss. And then we get into some nuance, processed food, the big bad world of multinational food companies. A lot of people like to spit out uh, conspiracy theories that they're, they're out to poison us, they're out to get us. That's not really the case. Some people take a stance that things like pesticides and chemical residues are there and they're killing us. And that might have been true 60 years ago, but you know, farming and food production is so tightly regulated, it would be very, very difficult, if not almost impossible, for you to experience some sort of adverse effect from the food. People don't really like that idea. You know, we want to blame bigger companies for our dietary shortfalls or the fact we're quote-unquote addicted to foods. Anyways, I'm kind of gone off topic here. There's a general anti-processed food movement. Microwave rice is equally as bad as frankfurter sausages, which is equally as bad as getting a takeaway from a chipper. There's no nuance, there's no delineation of, well, maybe this processed food is actually okay and might just be convenient. Here's a great example. Frozen fish, frozen vegetables, frozen berries. Lots of people like to get their back up and point their nose up away from frozen foods. The research suggests that whilst they have a longer shelf life, because of how they're blast frozen pretty much as soon as they're picked or brought to the, the fish processing plant, they actually have a better lipid and antioxidant profile because they're not exposed to light and oxygen. So technically are more nutritious than their fresh counterparts. Just FYI, little little thing you might not have known there. Anyways, that general distrust of processed foods that is again championed on social media, we tend to give uh, spotlights and our attention to sensationalist headlines. So a headline that says, listen, to be healthy, you can have a balanced diet. You hear that all the time, a balanced diet. We'll talk about what that means in a minute. It's not as appealing or as attention grabbing as a tabloid thing like frozen foods give you, ugh, I don't know, diabetes or whatever. And then you apply that rule to all processed foods. So again, that is another way that clean eating as an idea has been shaped. So let's just reduce clean eating to what it actually results in. If you subscribe to the idea of clean eating, you are really left with only whole foods, really lean products, low fat products, probably no junk food, definitely not beer, I would assume. And, uh, it's just a very rigid set of rules that makes it very easy for you to lose weight. So it's no different from people subscribing to something like intermittent fasting, a ketogenic diet, a vegan diet, blood group diets to lose weight. And um, we never really look at the modality of the weight loss. What is driving the weight loss? Is it the fact that sticking to hashtag clean eating exerts some sort of magical power on your metabolic rate? Definitely not. Is it that the rules are so restrictive that you are left with low calorie, high volume foods, very satiating nutrients, and it just prevents you from overeating? Ding, ding, that's the answer. So 
How is that relevant to if you can or cannot have a bar of chocolate? Well, it seems as though in the sporting industry, obviously because there's a tie with being aesthetic, and I, I recall it from my own sporting days where it was never really said, at least not, it's never a discussion I had with anyone, but you would compare body types. You would look at your competitors, look at your peers, the guys you looked up to. Wow, they're in much better shape than me. I've got to be in better shape to be a good athlete. So if you identify with the process of being an athlete, you're going to go on YouTube. You're going to look at thumbnails, videos of people who look in insane shape. And you're going to listen to whatever bollocks they try and sell you. Okay, so when an athlete is trying to look like an athlete, they're thinking from an emotive point of view because oftentimes their identity revolves around being an athlete, i.e. I must look like a duck if I want to walk and talk like a duck. I've explained this terribly, but I hope you get my point. It's not objective. It's definitely not sports smart. So sports smart is something I say a lot. Uh, what do I mean by that? If you are a middle distance runner, your race is not won or dictated by who has the most defined set of abs. If you are a long jumper, they don't award first, second and third place to who has a more restrictive diet and who is more miserable most of the time. If you are a shot putter, it's not a case of who counts their macronutrients the best, it's who throws the furthest. So I find people are being led to focus their attention on how they look in a, I suppose, under the illusion that this will influence how I perform. And it will to a certain degree. If anyone engages in any kind of diet, they get a little bit of weight loss, they're more health conscious, so they make better decisions. You're probably going to perform better. Everyone has room for improvement. And that that's a whole issue by itself. And in an eating disorder, for example, when people restrict or over-restrict, initially they see this huge drop in weight loss and it might be transiently correlated with an improvement like you had a good training session for you know a couple of weeks because you were a little bit lighter and because you're in such a calorie deficit you are living more or less on cortisol and catecholamines so you feel artificially good so from our lived experience from your set of eyes you see massive improvements in performance with major restriction maybe common sense is wrong maybe that youtube guru was when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. absolutely right and I needed to only eat 1200 calories a day or go plant-based or intermittent fast or just fast altogether to improve my performance we're experience oriented 
behavior-oriented, emotive beings. It's very difficult to be objective about our own emotions and experiences. Anyways, on to the chocolate. So I, I recall vividly, you know, any time as, a, as a, an athlete, I'm not an athlete anymore, I'm, I'm kind of recreational. I, I, uh, I fell down a couple of ladders on the athletic rungs there, but uh, <laughs> that was my choice. If someone would have seen me eating chocolate or a biscuit, you know, their response would be something like, hey, you can't eat that. You're an athlete. And I see it all the time now uh, with my clients. They say things like, oh, I, uh, I'm eating clean now or I'm off the beer or I can't have any chocolate or I'm not going to this cafe anymore because I'm training for a marathon. And it doesn't make any sense, really. Like, why, why is that something you must do because you're exercising? If anything, your calorie requirements are higher and as such, you probably actually have more of an allowance for saturated fat, you need more salt, and there are times when sugary foods are beneficial. So post, post-workout, what you want is high glycemic index foods or sugary foods. You can use fruit, you don't really have to. You're metabolically very different right during and after exercise so much so that you could probably get away with indulging your sweet tooth knowing that this is actually helping me fill my glycogen tank now don't take this uh, rhetoric and run a mile with it i'm speaking specifically about post-exercise recovery having a moderately sized piece of junk food or whatever floats your boat and it can help your recovery particularly if you combine it with coffee i'm just pointing out that there are times and places when chocolate cakes, things like that can be beneficial, can actually improve your process. So my question to you is, why do you think you can't have chocolate? Do you think it's making you a better athlete? Is it making you happier? Has being very strict with your diet in the past, has it worked for you? Has it worked long term or successfully? And just FYI, the literature says that successful weight loss is losing 5% or more of your body weight and keeping it off for two years. Have you ever seen that restricting chocolate has these massive performance effects? I'm using chocolate as an example, by the way, because that's what I like. Um, so when you hear me say chocolate, if croissants are your favorite thing, think croissants, think purple snack, think pizza, whatever. Uh, it's literally just an example. So... Yeah, think think about it. Challenge those perceptions, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with some facts here. Okay, there is no research out there that suggests that having a strict restrictive diet is beneficial for sports performance. Absolutely none. There is no metabolic mechanism, neural pathway, um, brain pathway that is majorly affected by having that type of dietary approach there is no evidence to suggest that if you compare it to a moderate balanced diet where your carbohydrate requirements are met hydration micronutrients all those things are met that if an athlete has a strict diet and they cut out all the things they like and then you have another athlete who has a little bit of chocolate there's no difference between those people it's missing you're missing the point as long as you take the nutrition boxes, there is space for, for these things that we have taken off the table, that we have put out of contention. You can have them. That's okay. It's an okay thing to do. Um, 
And on the contrary, there is a growing body of evidence to suggest that athletes are prone to having rigid food rules, a characteristic of what would be seen in an eating disorder center. So orthorexia has been added relatively recently to the DSM-5 mental uh, health issues uh, book booklet. It's, it's a booklet used by clinicians, psychologists to diagnose mental health issues. Orthorexia, an unhealthy obsession with being healthy. Flick through your Instagram. Look at people you know taking pictures of salad, pictures of themselves working out at four o'clock in the morning, pictures of their progression pics or whatever, and you'll start to see even the hashtags they use. FitFam, hashtag fitness, fitness is my life, fitness is me, I'm changing my middle name to fitness, I named my dog Jim, do you know, um, spelled G-Y-M. It's insane, people are gone obsessed. Orthorexia, it's a genuine mental health condition. I think a lot of people are orthorexic, or at least veering towards it. And then we have the black and white food rules, the rigid eating, the rigid thinking, the catastrophizing, oh no, I had a piece of chocolate. I've ruined my athletic potential. It's never been true. It's not true. And it's in reality, it's your perception of how bad a chocolate is or how bad a croissant is or how much of a bollocks you made of your diet that's putting you off track, not the piece of food itself. You eat something like 800 to 900 snacks a year and about 2,000 meals, more likely if you're an athlete. When you zoom out and look at the fact that you're not going to eat chocolate for breakfast, lunch and dinner or a croissant. You're going to have decent balanced meals. If you have common sense or if you're working with a nutritionist, you're going to fuel your training properly, get your veg in, get your fiber in. The bit of chocolate's irrelevant. Okay, that's I'm, I'm going to go out there and say it's, it's actually irrelevant. The thought or the act of being concerned about it is more damaging than having a moderate amount. So about 40 grams is kind of a is a fair portion in my opinion. So I think that's okay. I think a lot of people will agree with me. And uh, just to touch back on it there, those over-restrictive diets are correlated with athletes having undernutrition, nutrient deficiencies, anemia, vitamin D deficiencies, calcium deficiencies. People even avoid dairy now thinking this is a good thing to do. When you take it a step further and take on nuances or notions like bread is bad, potatoes are bad, spuds are fattening. You inadvertently leave yourself on a low carb diet. There's no surprise that there's been an increase in particularly female athletes and college age athletes and athletes in, I suppose, uh, lean sports where being thin is championed. There's an increase in, number one, eating disorders. Number two, amenorrhea. So a loss of a menstrual cycle due to severe stress or poor nutrition. So it's secondary hypothalamic amenorrhea. It's as a result directly of a poor diet or massive stress levels or both, usually concurrently. Number three, female acne triad. Uh, that's, that's becoming more and more common and the newer kind of more expanded version of that relative energy deficiency syndrome, that, uh, that's taken on some speed now and it's, it's shown in men and women and it's directly as a result of poor nutrition, not fueling enough and having these rigid viewpoints, being restrictive, being body image orientated, not being sports smart is a direct influence of these things. So some of the side effects that can come from poor nutrition with an athlete, 
stress fractures, uh, fertility problems, mental health issues, gastrointestinal disturbances, increased susceptibility to illness, um, either by lack of protein, so you're, you're struggling to make enough white blood cells, purely a low calorie intake causing massive stress responses, suppressing your immune system, or even something like a vitamin D deficiency, which has been shown to drop levels of circulating lymphocytes. So you're just not basically performing. You're running on fumes. And the problem is, you'll go on Instagram and you'll see 100,000 other people doing the same thing. So it's it's like uh, an echo chamber. That's what I'm going to call it. I was going to say something possibly not very politically correct there, but uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll not do that. It's a big echo chamber. You look around, you see a load of other people doing what you do, saying, no, this is the way to do it. And you then think, yes, this is right. This is the right thing to do. It is normal to feel dizzy walking around. It is normal to go to bed feeling hungry. It is normal to get sick once a month. It is normal to not have a menstrual cycle or to have, say, reproductive problems for lads. Those things aren't normal, lads. It's not normal to hate your diet. It's not normal to not enjoy anything you eat. It's certainly not normal to have your whole viewpoint focused and obsessed with uh, food. That's not normal at all. That's that hyper obsessive approach really not helping you. Anyways, just to recap, the food rules and the culture of diet has been extrapolated from social media. It was a nice kind of motivational cliff or ledge to kind of grapple on so we can force ourselves or push ourselves, punish ourselves even into action. It just doesn't really help. It psychs us up, you know, get motivated, do your stuff, uh, tick those boxes. It's real, it's real exciting, but it's not reality. There's no research to prove it, that, that it's useful, only really the opposite. There's a growing body of research documenting the side effects of this, um, personal experience, I see athletes approaching that more balanced approach with their diet. They're so much happier. They perform better. They even sleep better. Training definitely improves as well. I think we can all help here. And a couple of things, okay? I want everyone watching to post a picture of a chocolate bar that they're eating or a croissant right after training. So, be an example of combining what people would typically classify as a healthy and an unhealthy behavior and watch how some people react. You'll pick, you'll get people in your comments. Hey, what are you doing, man? You just worked out. You've just ruined your workout and just, you know, tell them or ask them like, is that really, is that really true? Is that what you really think? Question them, challenge these opinions and perceptions. Be an example of balance and don't help proliferate these very, very silly messages that are uh, hurting, hurting athletes all over the world. And challenge number two, or maybe thing number two you can do, if you see someone eating chocolate, food, whatever, don't comment on it. There's no real scenario where that's helpful or, or beneficial to anybody. Um, and again, you're just pushing that uh, cultural belief uh, or misinformation that's that's out there. I hope I've covered the the topic well enough. So I don't really have a script. I just get an idea as to what I want to talk about and then I just kind of talk. So I hope I hope you enjoy it, you know. If if you want me to get scripts and be a bit more linear in my 
thoughts, let me know. I can do that. If you prefer this uh, <laughs> rambling, maybe, is what we might call it, let me know. Um, generally, the gist is relax, have a little bit of chocolate, croissant, cake, tick the other boxes. Don't don't have all the cake. You still have to eat your five a day, hit your fiber, make sure you're not getting too much sugar, salt or saturated fat. And pro tip, indulge your sweet tooth right after a workout where it's beneficial for your performance and not as metabolically damaging for you. So there you go. So guys, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe first and foremost, tell a friend, share it on Instagram and Messenger, tell someone who you think needs to hear these messages. If you have any feedback, please let me know. I love to hear it. I want to discuss. I want to know what you think. I want to know what you want to hear me talk about. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Next episode is going to be out next week. I'm going to pop it up on my story on Instagram at elinchfitnut to see what you guys want to hear me talk about. Until then, thanks for listening and uh, have a great week. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.